0: Hey everybody, welcome to Multi Multi, the podcast where we talk about the multitude of multi-site student ministry. My name is Joe Crabb. I'm one of your hosts and I am joined by one of my incredible co-hosts, Gina. Gina, how are you?
1: Hey everybody, doing great.
0: Well, as uh, we're recording this episode, we are in December, facing towards the new year. As you guys know, we do block recording, and uh, these fall out at different times. But um, we actually are looking to drop these episodes some point in uh, January, because in these episodes, we're going to be kind of talking about just leadership lessons. Uh, Gina and I have had the privilege of serving in multi-site churches for years. And both uh, as, you know, just campus level sort of staff within student ministries and those lead individuals. And I know that as we have led, whether leading up for the positions that we've had or leading across the organization, there are certain principles and perhaps attached to those practices that have emerged that I think are just good to kind of share. As uh you, the listener, are looking to lead well, grow as a leader. And of course, we always want to hear uh, what maybe some of those lessons are for you guys. Uh, as you guys are leading your teams, as you guys are are working through what is the nuance of multi-site student ministry. Right. It is something else, that is for sure. Um, that's the heart of this podcast. Right, to come alongside those who are entering into or who are already in that multi-site youth or student ministry space. And uh, we know that at times, uh, what was our past may be your present, which your present might be our future. And uh, sometimes it's just what we did 10 years ago, we're gonna try again and everything else under the sun. We are, it's always kind of shifting and uh, taking new forms and we're always learning and growing. And so we are grateful for you guys for tuning in and for uh, just continuing to share with us as we look to learn as well. So in this these this episode, I guess I'm I'm first one up on the hot seat. Yeah, so. I wanna
1: ask Joe you yeah. some questions about yes. about leadership. I mean, okay, we've both been doing this multi-site thing for a while. Like you mentioned, we've been leading teams, uh, we've been part of teams, and we picked up some like leadership lessons along the way whether because we've rocked something or because something maybe didn't go so well and yeah. I think you mentioned earlier, the heart of this podcast isn't, that oh, we rock multi-site. Let us tell you about it. It's more like, hey, we're trying to figure this out with you and yes. we're going to share some of our learnings and maybe they help you and hopefully our listeners also share things they've been learning. But Joe, when it comes to leadership, if I were to like hang out on your staff, like we we don't work at the same church I work at. Harbor churches on one side of the state of Michigan, and Joe works at Woodside on the other side of the state of Michigan. But if I were to like join your staff and be a part of your team and hang out with you and see you like lead in real time, uh, I'd just be curious what would be some of the leadership principles that I might pick up from you or things that you repeat all the time that your staff are like, huh, I think this is really important to Joe. Just share some of those things.
0: Yeah, I think that it definitely ebbs and flows in seasons uh, it, from both, you know, the team I lead at my campus and that, as well as my position across the organization. And, uh, you know, so some of those, those statements kind of shift a little bit. And one of the things I've always looked for, uh, one of my staff members recently said that, like, you have these little sayings that every now and then they like, kind of pop up and like, oh, that's what's important right now. Or that's where our focus is. And for times, it's not that they're not important at other times. It's just like in this season, this needs to be the emphasis, uh, you know, for us as a team. And a lot of times it's also even just kind of affirmed by what I'm hearing from other people, not in a bad way, but, you know, two weeks ago, yeah, I, I kept getting emails from parents who were just kind of affirming or encouraging or complimenting all the kind of the same thing. And so to say, like, hey, remember, like, it's so important when we do this and we're actually seeing the result of that. So... Even with the multi-site team together, I think one of the ones right off the bat, we say, if I join your team, uh, what what is going to be uh, something I hear? I think one of the biggest things we have to remind our team of is that we are a team. <laughs> we are a team. and I think. And knowing that as a team and breaking that down uh, as to what that actually looks like and giving those metaphors, giving those analogies and so on to help uh, give individuals that, that grasp on it uh, is to say, like, you know, we are a team as some of you I say, we're better together. Um, and, but I think it's important that although we assume that because we're a part of a multi-site church, that doesn't mean that it should not be stated regularly, whether it's like an overt teaching in which we talk about being a team and what that looks like, or just as a reminder, as you're coming and going, like I, I remember one of my leaders would often say it in the form of a, a question or something to be grateful for. He said, aren't you, aren't you glad that we don't have to do this alone? You know, that's just another way of saying, you know, we're a team. Like, aren't you glad that you don't do this in isolation? So wow. I, I think the, the quick one that we know already is just like, that need to reiterate we're a team. And that, hey, just because I might be, you know, I, I like to go to football, you know, because we have a large team, just because I might be a free safety, doesn't necessarily my my position's not more important than you on the line, and you on the line aren't more important than, than me as a free safety. You have a different vantage point, you have a different position, and what you see helps me be better, and what I see helps you be better. And when we work together and we accomplish things as a team. Does it mean that you're not getting mad at me if I blow a play or um, I'm not going to get mad at you when when you mess up or or whatever? That's, that's going to happen. But at the end of the day, we are working towards the same thing. We have different roles, and we need to assume the best and talk to each other out there. What are you seeing? How can I help? So I think to kind of give a little bit more roots to – one of the common vernacular ones that I think we hear in multi-site. But I don't think that it should be something that's, that isn't regularly shared, whether in a large scale way or even in just as you're coming and going.
1: That you you are a team. I know I imagine that you have people who join your team and leave your team um, just by the very nature of ministry and just being a large multi-site. What are some of the ways that you've helped your team be a team? Like some of the, just the practical things you do.
0: Yeah, I I think we all know that one of the biggest ones is obviously celebrating, uh, finding things to celebrate and to do and and so on. So, you know, from um, some quick practical ones, I've shared this before, but just some, some quick ones. One, don't assume that everybody understands how somebody got to their team, what their campus life is like, what's going on in their personal life, all those sorts of things. And so whatever your meeting rhythm might be, uh, and I understand if you're doing this, you might need to shift it as you know, you make your way through the whole roster of whoever's on your student staff or, or whatever. Um, but we do our campus highlight and every time we have an in-person student ministry, all staff meeting. And so that's usually once a month and we choose two or so people from a campus or, or from different campuses to share. How'd you get to Woodside? Um, tell us about your campus. Tell us about the demographic, the makeup, what's going on there right now, um, what's something great that God's doing at your campus, both at the campus at large and within student ministries. And, you know, what are you stuck on? So like just creating that intentional rhythm uh, and then having us pray for one another and, and and continuing to celebrate those things, even our, our staff thread and just saying like, Hey, I, you know, Farmington, you guys are crushing it on social right now. Like I love seeing that. And then in addition to, um, you know, celebrating those milestones with one another. One of our guys just had a kid. So we do a diaper drop in which we start a separate thread, you know, hey, send money this way, so on and so forth. But those intentional things that we can celebrate with one another, I think helps remind us that we're a team. Um, And then any way that you can look to leverage the giftedness of your team for one another. So about a year and a half ago, um, we put out a survey to the entire like student staff team and said, hey, what are things that you believe that you are good at that you can give wisdom and insight that would be a benefit to the team? And what are things that members on this team are good at that you need to be able to grow in? And then for them to see like, oh, I can contribute this to the team. And I really want to hear from this guy about how he puts together a message or how he engages parents or whatever. Because I've seen glimpses of it and I want to be better at that. And so you say, like, oh i i see your value like as opposed to that you know what's gonna say like yeah you know what i'd much rather be alone do it on myself Screw we don't say that but sometimes our actions don't align with the other end of like we're a team you have value i have value we have to work together so instances where you can pull that out and then look for ways to apply that are huge as a leader so those are some kind of quick practical yeah. things that we've done yeah,
1: that's that's helpful. And I think what's interesting is that if you have a smaller multi site with just like um, two campuses, three campuses, five, some of those things happen more organically, yeah. naturally. You're going out to lunch together. Um, you really know each other you know each other's gifts and skills but as you expand as you add campuses like you have at Woodside you're like no I need to build this into our meeting rhythm this yes um, like you had mentioned having highlighting different staff them sharing how they got there Um, that's so important I think especially as we grow because you can lose that and then all of a sudden you just feel like you're just a part of some big thing it feels less personal
0: yeah, and I think what the one of the things that it really does is it 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 puts people over, you know, the work instead. Because that that takes like 30 plus minutes, 40 minutes in a meeting. And we only meet all together as a staff once a month. And when we do it, we say, hey, put your phones down. But close your laptops and everything. And it, it, and it humanizes some of the work that you do as opposed to like, oh, just getting the flat email, the flat text. I have this directive. I need to get this thing done. We all hop in the meeting and we just start going over agenda items and everything, which again is, is beneficial, but it like as a team, I remember you to stop and pause and practice with one another. The things that I hope we're practicing with those that we're leading within our ministry from leaders and parents and students. So
1: yeah, no, that's great. I have a, another question for you. As you've been doing ministry, um what is a leadership principle that you've learned from someone else, from someone who's led you or pastored you that you're like that's a good leadership principle that something that you've taken with you and have applied as a ministry leader.
0: Wow, that's a really that's a really good really good question. I, I think one of the, the things I learned and I don't know if it was really ever stated as it was example. It was for sure stated at different times, but I, that everybody is busy, yeah. You know, and we we get paid to do this. I think there's different ways that we've said it. In, in, I'm sure in our own settings or we've heard it. But I remember early on, I was sitting in a, at a restaurant uh, when restaurants were open, and I uh, was sitting in a restaurant. And we were meeting with these three guys. Two of them were elders within the church, and uh, they just volunteered to teach some different like lessons and whatnot uh, within our middle school ministry. And they've been doing so for years. Great men of God, and we have been on the job for maybe a year. And we're all having dinner together. And one of them asked one of the other student staff members around the table, "Hey, uh, so like, what is a?" What does a week look like for you guys? Like, when are you in the office? So on and so forth. And the staff members communicating, and they're like, "Yeah, you know, you know, some days like on a Wednesday night we have programming. We get in a little bit later because we're there later. You know, we get in at like ten or eleven because we're there till like ten o'clock at night sometimes. And you know, but sometimes like we have early, like early mornings. Like, we got to be in by like eight thirty. And I'm like, these three guys are all like big wigs in the corporations that <laughs> right. they work in. They're like up at like 3.30 in the morning for yeah. phone calls over to like the other side of the world. Right. And then like getting up, going to the gym, doing all that. But as like a 24 year old, you're like, oh yeah, man, we are, we're sometimes, we're in the office at 8.30. Like that's a big deal. And, and I think for all of us as staff members, especially, when it comes to our volunteers, these are individuals who they do, they wake up at 5.30, 6 in the morning, they eat breakfast, they get their kids off to school, they hop into their car, they sit in traffic, they go to their job, they work their job, which has their stresses until four or five o'clock. They sit again in traffic, they go home, they eat a quick dinner, they turn back around, and then they come into your building to serve with seventh graders for the next two plus hours. And and understanding that should help us look to communicate value in everything that we do because we need to make the environments that we have people serve in the least frustrating as possible because the work that they're already doing is frustrating. Discipleship is frustrating, especially with students. Uh, it, It is a difficult work. And so you need to be prepared for the announcements. You need to have communicated early and often what the night's going to look like and what the expectation is for leaders. If you can get free coffee. Get free coffee. You need to make yourself available and not be too busy. Like these individuals are, are committing above and beyond yeah. to what God has put a burden on their heart. And you know what they have to do the next morning if you've got midweek program or you're on a Sunday night and they, they got to wake up on Monday or Thursday yeah, and go back to their job and yeah. work. It for, whereas you, maybe you get to sleep in because you worked a long day on Sunday And you you worked a long day on Wednesday. So your boss doesn't make you come in until nine or 10 or 11 and and whatnot. They don't, they don't have that. They don't always get that. So I think remembering that is so valuable, especially for a young person in ministry. Um, We, there are so many things. Like I remember seeing at times where we just be like, oh, sorry, we didn't have that together. Whoops. Like, nope you get paid not for there to be whoops. Like, is there going to be naturally things that go wrong? Yes, 100%. But that shouldn't be because of a lack of intentional effort to do things right. So I think that you get paid to do this. Others are volunteering to do this. Communicate value in everything that you do. Make it as least frustrating as possible for people to serve. Doesn't mean you have a perfect ministry, but remove those barriers of frustration and be aware of those barriers of frustration as well. So that's kind of... That's
1: kind of one. Of them. <laughs> I know. That's such a good perspective to have because, yeah, we have volunteers who stay really late and get up early the next morning to go to work. So we can, so us who are in leadership leading, like you mentioned, let's do everything we possibly can to make it a stress free experience so that when our leaders walk in, they're set up for success and not having to. Deal with other problems that could have been alleviated alleviated by our planning. Now that's really good. Yeah, okay. I,
0: I, I think it goes even beyond just like you know when it comes to our programming nights. It's kind right. of that, but this is a thing. I had a conversation recently with somebody who they were frustrated because they were trying to get a meeting with somebody at, at the church, and this is just a lay lay, lay person, congregation member, whatever. Right. And um, they got sent to this person's admin, and they're like wait, what? No, I'm sure there's some disconnect and so on and so forth. Like I, Mm -hmm. I I get that, but like, if you've only ever worked in the church, you don't understand how the corporate world operates. Yeah. And when you have parents who they work in the corporate world and they're used to a level of professionalism and so on and so forth, they're going to expect a level of professionalism from you. And I know that it's not just that like, Work stiff and rigid and professional, and that that. But like, there needs to be a level of professionalism uh, that is assumed and embraced because, again, this is a job. Like, we, there are responsibilities that that we have. So, I think being aware of the fact that you cannot fully empathize with some of the work-life balance that. Individuals have, you can resonate with some things that uh, need to create time for family and need for rest and, you know, that work-home balance and not bringing work home with you because so you can be present with your kids, obviously talking about a non-COVID kind of world. Um, but I think to, to understand that is very helpful um, and will help you minister better to people.
1: And that's good. Such a good reminder. Uh, all right. Here's the My Next Leadership question for you. Leadership isn't always easy. We all know that. There are days that you're like, wait a second. Um, I was on a walk with my husband, and a UPS truck was like dropping something off next to where we were walking. And for a brief moment, we both talked about the joy of being a UPS driver. Like, (laughs) like, I drop something off, and my day is done. At the end, I can go home and not bring this home. But sometimes leadership is hard. What are some of the leadership lessons you've learned? When, when things are tough or there's a difficult conversation you have to have or something going on that's just really difficult, what's a lesson that you've learned during a difficult season of leadership?
0: Yeah, I, I think we, we have to fix our eyes on Christ so much in everything that we do, especially in those moments. In, in those moments of difficulty, it can really make you wonder like, man, should I be doing this? Do I want to be doing this? And I think often we have to remind ourselves of how we got to where we got to. I, I think in moments where I've gotten ready to, to speak uh, at a retreat or moments where you might feel anxious about something, excited and nervous or whatever, in and, and, and a good way, I remember like, man, God could place me anywhere else. Like I know my story. I am a screw up. I am a sinner. I am like, I I've done, you know, I don't deserve to be where I am. And the only reason why I am where I am is because of the the faithfulness of God. Yes. I've in turn looked to be faithful and a good steward and and honor God and glorify God and uh, and all those things. But I don't, I don't deserve where I'm at at all. But I think for us to remember that he has placed us where we're at for a reason. And, uh, uh, I think about, you know, the the example of Christ and uh, you know, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Uh, and so much of what we read of, you know, taking up your cross day daily, dying to yourself. Uh, I consider our present sufferings, nothing compared to the eternal glory that we shall receive. I, I think remembering those, that truth in those moments helps it's like anytime you face a moment of of suffering uh it reveals the true level of of love that you have for it and uh I, I mean we know that as being married folk like yeah there's been times where yeah it's tough and it's difficult but like those situations those difficulties that you you engage in- endure um should deepen that love that you have and, and i know this is broad-based and there's very more much more nuance to it but i i know for myself because i have i've been doing student ministry for 14 actually 17 years continuing considering my time as a small group leader but 14 years kind of on staff and why do i continue to do student ministries it's not because you know i haven't been asked to move to a different position and it's not like there haven't been situations which i'm like you know what? Mine, mine hasn't been UPS. Mine's been Taco Bell. I'm like, you know what would be nice? I mean, it's nice to work at Taco Bell. Just go in. I get to make Taco Bell. Maybe I'll eat some Taco Bell and I get to go home. <laughs> and you know what I'm not going to think about when I get home? Taco Bell. <laughs> you know, like, uh, But it, it's it been that reminder, like, man, I, I love what I get to do and what I get to, I think what's been really difficult for 2020 is that for student pastors, for youth pastors, we haven't been able to experience the same types of wins so to say that we would normally get to experience i can't tell you how many times i've walked through the gym on a wednesday night and we've been meeting in person but it's not the same as it's been we don't have gym life all that stuff but i'm like man can't wait for the day that the octobal court set up and kids are running around and we're not having retreats this year and i but i can't wait like to be in a packed room worshiping again. Like it's just gonna yeah. be, but but we don't have those, moments. even those small moments when it's like, man, we're we're worshiping and the, the music drops out and you just hear the voices of those sixth and seventh and eighth graders singing yeah. about how great God is. Like those are those moments all throughout a year that like you find hope and joy and assurance in. And this year, more than ever, like we've, we've had different moments, but they've not been those particular moments that we've been accustomed to. Uh, so, so remembering the joy that's been set before us um, I think is, is such a huge thing that's encouraged me uh, yeah. and, and helped keep me keep me yeah. where I'm at um, yeah
1: I was texting one of my leaders she asked me she's like how's it been uh, I responded I said it would be so nice for every decision or social interaction. To not come with this whole layer of things to consider or people to disappoint. (laughs) That was my response. Yeah. Uh, But then I got to thinking, and similar to what you had just said, I'm not doing this alone. I had God the Holy Spirit alongside of me. Yep. And it's not, it's not mine. Like just whether someone's disappointed with a decision, the decision is complicated. I'm like, I, I'm just yeah God's not surprised and I have a very present holy
0: Spirit with me yes that- very much so and, and again allowing God, allowing God to examine our hearts allowing it to say what was my motive what are my actions I, I think even a, a first John uh, it might be first John four or first John three talks about for even when our own hearts condemn us for God is greater than our hearts and so to find that peace and that rest that comes in the Holy Spirit and I'm glad that you you brought it back to like that we're not alone because actually right. as I'm thinking about it I'm like what also helps is having a team, um, and and one of the greatest joys I've had in being able to you know do this podcast for now almost three years mm-hmm. is relationships with people like you, with uh, with Kevin down in Texas, with Taylor down in Alabama, and like yeah. across uh, across the nation, like to have people who get your world who aren't in your world i think is such a joy because it it reminds you of like yep i'm not alone and i got other brothers and sisters in christ uh that are in the trenches and who can be encouragement and who can speak truth against those lies that we believe in the moment of like that's not you and i think one of the, the difficulties at times is even doing that same thing with our own team i think it's easier for me to call you and be like gina let me tell you about the crazy I'm dealing with because you're not in the world. And there, there's that layer of nuance that's removed. Right. But I, I found myself in October of 2019 reaching out to uh, guys who I, I work with at Woodside and just said, I just, I just need brotherhood. Like, I just need to sit down and talk because my heart is heavy and I need guys just to, to walk through this with. And I, I think it's so important, especially if you're the, the veteran leader on the team, so to say. Uh, And I don't think I do a great job of this at times with my team across the board, maybe with my campus team and maybe with the other hub guys that I serve with, but across the board of like, I had to model that transparency because if it's difficult for me to do at times, how much more difficult is it for a brand new guy who's never even been in this world, who doesn't know left from right, doesn't know what he doesn't know. I mean, I'm. 17 years deep into being in a multi-site church and doing student ministry and everything. And there are still things that I do not know. I do not understand. I am confused by, I am hurt by. So what about for a guy who's been there for 17 months or weeks or days? Like, yeah. I, so I think that's so important. Like we have to die to ourselves when it comes to our team as mm-hmm. well. Um, I think that's really the last thing. Like, as I'm, I've been thinking about, it, I know I've shared three to five and six, and maybe yeah. you can help put a bow on it. You do a really good job of putting
1: a bow oh, on things. I will one, Joe, you started the episode by talking about reminding your team that they're a team. Mm-hmm. And then you ended reminding everybody that they need a team. Like yeah. that's part of like, you are not alone. Uh, but just as we wrap up this episode, what would be like your last word of encouragement to someone who's, I mean, we've been leading in 2020, 2021, which has not been the easiest time to lead anything. Girl but what would be just a last word of encouragement to people who are leading in the multi-site world right now for student ministry?
0: Yeah, I I, I think I'll shift it from like a word of encouragement to maybe a shift in perspective or something to be reminded of. And I know this has been something I had to work through over the past couple of months to be reminded of is that you are influenced by the organization and your campus, whether you want to be or not. Like (laughs) there's these moments in which, you know, uh, I have found myself, for us at my campus, uh, it's our largest campus, our main campus, we've been really trying to work on our our campus identity, tear down silos, and so on and so forth. And and honestly, there's moments like in my flesh where I'm just like, is everyone else working towards this? Is it just me? Am I, am? is anyone else talking out there? What's going on? I, I have a job. I can just go back to student ministries and just do that again. That's on me. There's a lot of that I'm I'm projecting there that's just on me. But I know others who are hearing this, they felt that way before. You felt that way before at your campus. Maybe you felt that way before in your department. Maybe you felt that way before across the organization. And and there are those moments in which like we have come out of our hole, we've come out of our silo and we're like I'm here, I'm going to help, I'm going to do this. And we felt burnt by it, or we didn't feel it reciprocated by other people within the organization to the same level or degree that we are putting it forth by. And I can really discourage you to just go back and be a silo and to not work towards the things that you know need to be changed and worked on. And you can do that, but you're still influenced by what happens at your campus, and you're still influenced by what happens within the organization. Whether you want to be and you just want to go back to your silo or not, and not, no person has ever really caused great change by just going back into their silo. And so it is a harder work to get out of your silo and to start tearing down the walls. And there are going to be moments in which you look around and you are tearing down the walls better than anybody else. Well, great. Finish tearing down your wall and then go over to them and help them tear down their wall. Because what's your legacy going to be? You be the guy who all you did was perpetuate silos? Or are you going to be somebody who looked to die to yourself and not just be influenced by, but decide to influence your campus and your organization? Uh, we can all cry, not fair, not fair. I'm so busy. I can't do this. So on and so forth. But that song gets old after a while, like Christmas music being played in July. <laughs> it just doesn't have a <laughs> Um, but I think that's and, again, and I'm preaching that to me, and I, and that's very much. I, I I'm excited about the season that my campus is in, um, and I'm excited about the season our student ministries in across the board. Uh, and there have definitely been seasons in which I have been very siloed, and um, because I've chosen to be, because I've ha- I've had that discouragement. And I can blame others, but honestly, at the end of the day, blaming others doesn't help me grow, and it doesn't change things. And and I need to assume the best, I need to believe the best, uh, and I need to work towards the best. So that's I think that's my my end. And as you, I think the other encouragement, if you're hearing this and you identify with that, then you're not alone. And we're always here to talk.
1: <laughs> not alone.
0: You're not alone. We are here to talk. And, and, and Gina, I, I appreciate the questions and your feedback and let me process. And um, yeah, it's been good. And I'm excited to, you know, stop record on this episode and put you in the hot seat.
1: That's nice sounds <laughs> good deal.
0: So um, I I think that does it for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions or insight into what you heard, or or again, you just are looking to connect. uh, That's what we're here to do. We're here to learn. We're here to grow. And we love hearing back from you guys. And if this has been an encouragement to you, or you think that this is something that'd be valuable to your team, please share it. Please share it whether it's on social tag us at multi multi pod uh, we're on instagram pretty actively someone on twitter we'll we'll pick that up in the new year we'll get back on that um, but message us and share it with your team like rate review subscribe all that good stuff guys uh, again we're here for you and, and glad to, to learn alongside you and so until next time bye, bye.